I regret ever saying this. It was literally the most far-fetched conspiracy theory and I don't even believe it. But then, in a tweet posted by Homicide, he says that it was him that got the voicemails and it is real, but it's gone too far. Six pack episode one hundred and forty seven and it's four twenty and this is a new live son of a bitch. I can do this voice. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be live here for the next two hours. This is a new live son of a bitch. We're joined here again for Dreams two point five. Man, so it's only been like two weeks since we did the last Dreams show, but been talking to a lot of people around in the spheres, and I think there's always more to talk about with Dreams, so we're back for a special 420 show. At 420. On 420. Welcome. Very 420. You all did a show on 420 Man. in the year 420, I think. Or in 20. 420. 421, I think it was. Last 420. Yeah, then we got 420 Eve last night. Right? Yeah. Of course, the show rolled right into 420. Bicycle uh, day. Bicycle day, yeah. Is bicycle day always 419? Yep. Hmm. Why do you think they didn't just go for 420? That's just the day it happened. Bicycle day happened on 419, that's why it's called. Albert Hoffman hey. and his first LSD trip. Jawancha, jo- 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 you wouldn't be having to be ruffling your microphone around, would you? I had it muted, actually. <laughs> I don't think you did. I hear you being the... Just mute it. We'll edit that out in post. That's... <laughs> I'll leave the P in, though. Definitely going to leave the P in. Got to have the P. Hey, that's fine. I don't give a shit. It's <laughs> good to go. I did. Yeah, no, I had my mic muted. <laughs> um, So, you wanted to talk about not only Shane Dawson, when you get back, I know you can hear me. You wanted to talk about... <laughs> <laughs> you wanted... You want to you want to talk about kind of what we I've been bugging in your ear with you about um, shared dream spaces and the implications for that. Yeah, shared dream spaces. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting and it's 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 cool that you uh it's cool that you guys have been talking about that too because it's actually it's actually pretty rare to find other people in you know everyday life that would experience that you know for somebody who goes through that it's like. It's kind of an isolating experience in its own way, unless you find other people. Even the subreddit is very small, you know. And uh, have you, have you, did you come across this? Because I haven't really had any provable, at least, where more than two people. I mean, I've had similar dreams with people, but I've never had anything to where, like, somebody else had. I could say the same dream, necessarily. But in those, like, reading yes. through message boards, I've seen places where it's like, oh, yeah, I kind of, like, go there frequently or something. But a lot of them are kind of vague. Like, have you had shared dreams with anybody? On a, on a very rare occasion with with someone else, you know, on a very intimate level. And it was something that, at the time, I was trying to do with this person. Um, and it was an intentional thing, you know. And it was, like, a mutually intentional thing. So you can... Um, you can intentionally share dreams with people, 
but the you know the 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 more interesting thing um is that there are actually it seems like there are constructed astral locations that people tend to be drawn to for different reasons and um you and I had a conversation earlier about um how a lot of the time the astral experiences that we have we end up seeing some sort of physical manifestation of that after it happens in the astral. It's like not necessarily prophetic, but more of like an energy transference on the, uh, on the concept of as above, so below. So what, so it's clear that dreams, what you do in waking life affects your dreams, but can decisions affect your dream decisions affect other people's dreams and possibly waking life or no? I mean, this is also that seems to be the implication. Right. That seems to be the that seems to be the implication, yes, because um, you know, um, and I'm not necessarily you know, there's deja vu, which is one aspect of it, but something that I realized as I have explored the phenomenon of the the shared spaces that I have been to on repeated occasions, you know, I it's like whenever I go to these different locations, um. You know, I can see different events in my life synchronize after I'm there in the astral realm. And it's not necessarily correlated to the imagery that I see or the things I experience. But it seems to be the same sort of thing that, um, you know, the pattern is based on the location that that I end up exploring in the dreams when it's that kind of situation, if that makes sense. So if I, if I dream of one location, then this current, this course of events may happen, you know, the following day or the following week or something like that. Um, whereas, you know, if I go to the other place, then another course of events I may see unfold in a way that is mirroring to, you know, it's an interesting, are you kind of understanding what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I think for the most part, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned right. something alongside of like dream spaces that were designed or something, or that something that implied that somebody yeah. built them. The one that's, um, that comes to mind and the one that I have the most experience with and the one that everybody seems to kind of fixate on, the one that everybody who, um, you know, experiences the shared dream spaces has an experience with that's significant is the mall world. And there's a whole subreddit for that. I watched an the entire mall, subreddit yeah, I looked for at that. The, uh, the mall, the mall world link because you had it on the last streams, I think. Yeah, yeah. I actually I there, sent him that link, but it was not the right subreddit. The there are two of them apparently. Yeah, you sent me the small like off yeah. one where it's mall worlds or something instead of mall world is the actual one. Something like that. It's the mall world is the, uh, the actual world. subreddit, but I mean that one, that one's pretty small too. Yeah, should make a new, uh, that one's... real one called Worlds of Mall, and that'll be the actual real one from now on. Real Worlds of Mall. Yeah, we can officiate it now. Re- the, the real house <laughs> worlds of Mall Amy. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, there's an, uh, getting, getting back onto that though, it's a really interesting place though, because, you know, you have, it seems to be a solid structure and you can go to different areas of it and everyone who goes to the different areas tends to experience very similar things. So for example, if you want me to, do you want me to just lay it out? 
uh, I can I can kind of lay out the structure of the way that it is, and we can go from there and see if any of you have kind of uh, any similar experiences to it. If you're I've had that. several mall scenes and dreams, including one of, one of my favorite ever uh, dreams was really I wound up at a mall in the inn, but it was like a specific mall that I know of. It was just different. Like everything in a dream is different, but. I, I'm interested to right. hear like some of the some of the similarities between the mall world stuff to see if like any of these mall ones I mean, that I've had match yeah, up. Yeah, if you could just map out like some of the main locations for us. For- cool. Yeah, let's map it out from what I from what I've been able to put together, and um, then we'll go from there. Because I I did a tarot reading the other day. I told Chris about this, um, and kind of pieced together um, the implications behind each area. And we can kind of get into that later if you guys would like, because it, it actually, I, I didn't, you know, I'd looked at the subreddit a little bit, but the, the reading that I did corresponded with the things that other people have experienced in those areas as well. It's, uh, it's really useful. Um, but yeah, so the, uh, the main, the main area that it tends to be stationed in. Okay. When you first, if you get a bird's eye view to it, it appears that it's on an island, and the island is kind of hedged by a very dense forest, and there's a really crazy highway that takes all kinds of ridiculous hills and turns and uh, leads up to this mall complex, which uh, it's a skyscraper. It kind of resembles the Teen Titans Tower, if you all are familiar with that. And um, the base floor level of the complex is what you would experience as the mall. And there's um, there's an auditorium there, you know, a, a huge auditorium. It's got fountains and escalators and pillars and all kinds of exotic plants, you know. And um, can we go back to the the road? There is the a uh, road for a second. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That road, is it kind of like a Hot Wheels track in that it goes up and around in the sky or up and down hills, but there's no, it's just road up in the air sometimes? Yes, yes. It bridges over areas of void, it appears to, and it seems like any time that you're on the road or in a vehicle on the road, it's being piloted by somebody who's batshit fucking crazy. (laughs) For battle. Do you all resonate with this, what I'm talking about right now? Well, that was a recent one that we shared of the, uh, the Dream Christopher Battles it was in was like this Hot Wheel track situation, but the road went up and into a tunnel in a skyscraper that we were driving toward. And then he just kind of, uh, he just kind of drove off of the side, like on the right side, just like smoothly. Like it wasn't like a veered off to the side crazily or anything. He just kind of slowly drifted off to the right side. And right off of the road, and then said, "Oh no!" And then we free fell, uh, <laughs> like free fell in this uh, Mini Cooper. Can you imagine if in everybody's dream around the world, every time they're on that highway space, and the crazy driver that's always there in everybody's stories on the Mall World subreddit, if all the all of them, anybody that had a crazy driver on these crazy roads, dream, it's always Christopher Battle. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't consider Christopher Battles like a crazy guy, you know. I mean, maybe but in the zany, dream he was like when. But in the a, dream, well, there, in the dream, like he went off of the road, too, but it's always it's not it's always someone I know. It seems like it's like he yeah. went off the road, but he didn't mean to. It just kind of happened. It was like one of those things where he was just like, whoa, what, oh, no. what, oh, you know, like oh, I guess we're dead now. Yeah, no, right. I've had perfectly and, sane and that's people something- drive me off 
the road in dreams for sure. Not in a while, but it was never Christopher yeah. Battles either. <laughs> if it's as far as you and, know, uh, <laughs> you know, something that's really interesting about about that area specifically um, is that, like the other dream spaces, it appears that. Um, you know, if you go there, you're there for a specific reason, and each area that you pass through tends to, it, it tends to represent something that maybe you're going through, or maybe something that will be represented in the third dimension later on. Um, I can pull up the reading, but I think that it might cut my stream off if I minimize the window. But it, from what I can remember of it, um, when I pulled the reading, um, the cards that I pulled showed that it indicates, you know, material struggles or insecurities that you might be going through or a period of, um, you know, exactly what it represents in the dream. That's one of the more self-explanatory ones, actually. Um, so if you spend an extended amount of time there or, or you spend an entire dream there, then maybe, you know, that's something that the dream is trying to tell you. Would it, and this is kind of a, uh, rabbit trail off what you were just saying, but I just had this thought pop in my head. The, the astral dream realm would probably, the landscape would change, um, at least the, the part that's, the part of the astral dream realm that's connected to our timeline would probably change with Earth's timeline, right? Like there wasn't a mall world for yeah. dreams 500 years ago, probably. No, that's actually not the case. Because time is retrocausal, um, on, you know, a fifth dimensional frequency like that. And the astral realm is in the fourth dimension, which is kind of like a go-between. <clears throat> um, you've got quantum, you know, you've got quantum time involved in the fourth dimension, but it doesn't necessarily define it. You know what I mean? So you can have linear moments of almost material experience like a lucid dream or an astral projection. You know, you, a lot of people remote view by astral projecting. Um, but it doesn't necessarily give you the omniscience that a fifth dimensional perspective would. Right. Cause my interpretation of astral projecting or, um, what like the men who stare goats CIA training exercise was where they held these psychics. They were trying to remote view in live time and supposedly some of yeah. them succeeded at that. Which right? is, but can you, yeah. Uh, can you yeah. remote view into the future? I guess you could, but it'd be like a potential timeline. Well, well, if you could go anywhere, the then thing. you should be able to go any when too, right? I mean, yeah, I guess. Right. But depending time on how, is, that only depends on you know, how time is, is right, right. And as far as, as far as, you know, everyday events and, um, you know, timelines are fluctuating all the time. So you can look into a future, you know, but you can't necessarily look into the future because nothing's fixed. Everything has potential for change. You know, I could, <laughs> there's a, there's a really great show called Dead Like Me. You all should check it out if you've never seen it. It's one of my favorite shows ever. But, um, the protagonist in the first episode, she gets killed by a toilet seat that falls from a space station. And like anything like that can happen. <laughs> it's like Final Fantasy show. We're not so, Final Fantasy. What Final Destination? You know. Final Fantasy. Probably a combination of both. Is that an anime yeah. you were talking about? No, it's actually, um, it was a show on, I think, either FX or, uh. I've seen at least one of Was it AMC? Of it's been a very long time. Yeah. It's a great show. So, so essentially what it is, um, like the reason. <laughs> yeah, so it kind of is, but it's like, uh, it's a really profound show. Um, 
and uh, the main character gets hit by a toilet seat falling from a space station. It blows her to pieces, and uh, she gets a second chance at life um, by taking on a task role as a Grim Reaper. So she essentially crosses over other souls um, when they die and gets to spend more time on Earth. And it's a, it's a, it's it's really funny. Um, it's very dark humor. It's one of a kind show. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, I've never heard of it. There's only two seasons because they lost funding for it. Um, it used to be on Netflix. There's a movie that was on Netflix for a while, but the movie is not. And the movie's alright, but it's not necessarily the 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 two seasons of the show are where it's at for sure. Hell yeah. Um, all right. So I I interrupted you earlier, but we were mapping out the. The dream space, we got into the mall, past the road, into the mall, to the place with all the fountains, the auditorium. Okay, yeah. What's after the auditorium? All right, so on the sa- on the floor level, on the same floor level, um, it seems like there is a, um, you know, at the very back, there's like a staging area, you know, um, like a presentation area, a stage where um, <clears throat> lectures and uh, gatherings are made, you know, um expos and there's a, a gate on the back of it where you can get back onto the street and uh from the entrance if we're going back to the entrance uh to the left and right there are escalators that go up into uh, go up into classrooms and a theater and um back down to the floor level there is an antique shop that also has a second level that connects somewhere in the middle of the mall. So you've got a two-floor antique shop, and on the top floor there are clocks and things like that. And on the bottom floor it's more like a gift shop. Um, and uh, if we go further, um, if we go to the center of the mall, um, there's a very large elevator shaft. Um, takes you down to the lower levels. On the lower levels, there's like an office administration area, and it's full of cubicles. In uh, one of the Matrix movies, I think the first one, actually, uh, in the Matrix, it resembles the, the office that Neo works in, so it's very drab. It's like the back rooms, and we'll get back to the back rooms in a second, but if you guys have researched or heard of the back rooms before, um, the back room seems to be very largely based on these locations. Um, so after we get through the offices, there is a bathroom that takes us down to the lower levels and the bathroom is crazy. A lot of people share experiences in the bathroom. The bathrooms have very little privacy. The toilets are arranged in wacky locations. Sometimes they're facing each other. Sometimes the stalls are really cramped. The main takeaway from the bathrooms is that None of them are proper toilets, and it's a really uncomfortable place to have to be. Um, a lot of the time there are water leaks. The, the tile floor is usually either red and white or black and white. It resembles like an old-school uh, gymnasium bathroom, almost like a locker room. And the architecture in there makes no sense. It's almost like a... Uh, like a skateboard, uh, like a skate park, you know, like one of those, uh, one of the ones that are built out of an old swimming pool and they've done a bunch of, uh, ramp architecture in, inside of it. Are you familiar with those? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, did you guys have any input so far? Yeah. So, um, we had said, you had asked if, uh, about the, um, makeshift skate parks, you know, with, uh, ramp work done in pools. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, like I, I know that kind of scene in that look, but I just, I, I've never seen it in a dream. I I don't think. 
Right. The way that the way that it's arranged that I've seen kind of is like imagine the uh the boob ramps that they make in the center of a swimming pool. It's like just a big mound. Mm-hmm. And around that would be surrounding urinals. You know what I mean? So whoever needed to pee <laughs> would have to go up to the urinal on top of the Call mound back. and <laughs> be surrounded. You know. Uh so so it's it's like one of those things. It's like none of the toilets make sense. Um and it's just generally kind of shoddy and that there's always uh water dripping and it's well, wait a anytime minute. you're, you're down describing there. China now. <laughs> it's very much weird. like that. <laughs> shoddy and everything is dripping. That sounds like every yeah, movie I've ever well, seen. Well, right. you know, that's just like uh your opinion, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is just my opinion. Yeah. Using so, uh, do not anyway, so, <laughs> right. So, uh, when you, uh, after you get through there, it, it seems like to get to the next area, you have to, I, anytime that I've gone through these areas, it's been in a sequence. I'm not necessarily sure if there are other ways to get around that, but this is the sequence that I always have to take to get to each place. Um, Past the the wacky bathrooms with the you know chutes and ladders, funnels and all that shit, um, you have this big silo, and it's surrounded by lights. It's like a, a dark, uh, a, a very dark silo. Imagine kind of like a vertical cave, um, like a missile silo, right? And it's got the uh, recessed lighting around it, and you can see each level of the silo. And it seems like there are three main levels to the silo and the it goes from you know the top level which is uh significantly higher than where you exit at all the way to the very bottom and that's a pretty spooky place um outside of the mall and, and you know you can get to different areas from the silo uh we can explore that in a, in a minute though um outside of the mall um there's an area where you can get to the forest and past that forest there's kind of a a marshy area it's got a lot of marble ruins and a swamp and uh it, it seems like any time that you go past the tree line it, it it's very foreboding it's almost like there's a pursuant uh lurking energy there um Has i don't it, know like what, any like input a- so far yeah, the, okay, so this is the last thing you said, a pursuant lurking energy. So, <clears throat> it's, you just feel, <clears throat> uh, you just feel unsafe. Like, in general, like, right, following right. around. Um, has anybody ever like come in upon? Yeah. Sure. Like, has anybody come in contact with anything there, or is it just that feeling, you think? Well, um, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, to be honest, I hear a lot of people talking about how there are dark things there. And, I, you know, there could be, it definitely feels like there are, and I've been there on a couple of occasions, specifically at the, uh, at the Marble Ruins area. Um, the card that I pulled for that when I did the reading, um, let me find it right quick so I can accurately communicate it. Yeah, I've, I, I haven't been there, but I'll tell you this, I ain't getting an Airbnb there, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, I explained to, uh, I, ex- I explained to Chris earlier the way that I do tarot readings right now personally, uh, on the, and the way that I did this one is I draw, uh, I draw a few tarot cards and then I, I use, uh, 
a few traditional playing cards, and then I actually draw a Yu-Gi-Oh card, kind of the way that people would draw a uh, a traditional Oracle card or something like that. So the one that I got for this one is the Green Phantom King. It uh, has an attack of 500 and a defense of 1,600. Um, so that is a master number of five, a master number of seven. Um, says youthful king of the forest lives in a green world abundant with trees and wildlife. And the depiction here is a young man with a skeletal hand and a golden robe, uh, adorned with purple flowers. So it almost gives you the green seems to fit the, the bill for sure. Right. And it almost, I like green though. If you all have a chance to pull up the card Green Phantom King on, uh, online from the Yu-Gi-Oh deck, uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, and it seems to be some sort of attachment to nature. Uh, because Green Phantom King, you know, you have, uh, stories of the green man and that being depicted as, uh, the god Pan or as, uh, you know, even as Satan or, you know, other energies, but really it's depicting, you know, maybe a turbulent relationship with nature even, you know what I mean? What? So it's like an elf. Yeah. Yeah. She's got like a, she looks like her hands are a stem, like a big weed stem. Yeah. And or it's actually a man. King he's the green king, phantom right? king, but he does, he, he does have a very, um, He's a, you know, he's an elf, um, so he does carry a very feminine appearance. Yeah, those androgynous elves. Like Orlando Bloom. Right. I was about to say, dude, Legolas in that third movie was looking pretty fruity. <laughs> you know, exploring this a little, uh, exploring this a little more, maybe the answer to that area, because something I've noticed, like I said a little bit earlier, is that experiencing each of these areas and spending a significant amount of time there indicates, usually for me at least, um, something that may be upcoming later on in life. So pulling this card for the marble zone and the scary forest, <laughs> the green phantom king, you know, the androgynous king in the forest with the skeletal dead hand and the young face, um, maybe it represents integrating yin and yang more and integrating the masculine and feminine energy, not necessarily on a sexual nature, but you're positive and receptive. You're, you know, your receptivity to the world and integrating your projectivity by, you know, healing and growing. Um, maybe that's the reason to be transported there to such a scary place in the first place. Damn. Makes sense. Yeah. So <laughs> is what's the, so where is, is that all the main spots so far? Or is there more we haven't got to? You said something was above the, well, those are the, those are the significant ones. Um, Hang on, I've got this written down. I wish I could get to my pictures right now because I took a bunch of pictures of these readings, and I'm just doing it off of uh, just well, doing it off of I'm, well, memory. Because I'm just thinking, like, um, I don't really remember my dreams consecutively enough. Usually, sometimes I do, but usually I don't. I just remember like chunks. I don't remember the whole journey. So if I was ever at this place and went through all these connecting places, I probably wouldn't have known it because, like, I don't remember that. Right. my dreams necessarily yeah and, and me neither and the thing is you know this has been it's happened so frequently um over a period of you know a lifetime since i was probably 14 or 15 years old and um the uh so the experiences that i've had are 
are more or less flashes of places I've been to and not necessarily significant things that have happened there. I just remember the areas themselves and the energy attached to them. And that's why I did a tarot reading on them. Yeah. So I'm uh, like Spencer, the last time you were on, you did like a whole play by play mapping out like which dream level from the next and which location you went to for a flow. I've never been able to remember that long of a dream to be able to. That's like the, one of the more intricate ones I've remembered. Yeah. Um, because you had like usually it's like did you re- it, it's a and then b and then i woke up nobody remembers yeah. the a b c d e f g in chronological order and how you got from to where from where and all that it's weird because when i woke up i had did remembered you, it all backwards going from front to back <laughs> interesting so did you did you record the experience when you woke up pretty much immediately or did you just recall it did it make such a significant impact that you held on to it for like the rest of the day and you recall it vividly i grabbed a notebook paper and just started kind of mapping it out and then taking notes on all the i took like i started with the scenes and i just drew what scenes happened in what order and then i took notes on what happened right. in each scene afterwards going from like the into the beginning of the dream right that's the mistake that i made when i first started having these up to very very recently is that i you know i never wrote anything down when i when i first woke up so a lot of that if you don't do that it's lost so that's mm-hmm. that's really good that you did um and as far that as actually like, that trip as far as sharing mall stuff like i've never been anywhere that i felt was like uh a shared spot or a shared location. I've been, I've had the mall instance pop up a lot of times, but it'll just be like loosely related dream version of malls that I know of in uh, the waking world, like that I've been to physically. Yeah. Or like, like right. my favorite dream I've ever had, what the one I've gone most lucid in was like in the dorms, but then you'd walk down the hall of the dorm and then it opened up into this mall, which is like a recognizable mall with dreamy differences. That's significant because there is a dorm area as well. Um, there's the, the dorm area is more, it's more connected to like the top. You asked about the top level. Uh, I, that, that, that reminded me that's, that's, that's the dorm area. And there's also a, a kind of a Victorian, um, street outside on the other side. Uh, like on the back area where the gate is when you go outside of the, uh, the exhibition area. Um, but yeah, the, so, the dormitory area, go ahead. I've got a couple, um, images I'm going to post in the chat of this hotel that it was like, we just basically walked down the hall of a dorm and into this lobby and like an, an elevator that you mentioned, there's an elevator in this hotel and it was definitely like this one. Um, Okay. But I'll just throw some. How do I look at that? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Chris, you, is there a way you can send him a. <clears throat> go like to podtart.com and click on the chat. It's in the bowl. Oh, yeah, it's in mine. So I should probably be in my Pod chat. Pod I should probably update. I mean. Do you even chat, bro? Fletcher's not even I'm here. I'm trying to Why find the elevator chat? shaft specifically. I, f- I see a picture of the lobby. Now I'm trying to find the elevators. Uh, this looks close. All right. <clears throat> but anyway, um, so the, I, I like the idea. If it's possible, I mean, this is digging way back in the archives, but RuneScape, like, you know, there's tons of worlds, but like, so like the astral world is almost the equivalent of like the grand exchange on RuneScape where everybody just gets together and hangs out. It like sounds small, like it. Yeah. Kind of. World. Um, 
Like, is that possible? Is that it possible like it. that you're interacting with the collective subconscious every time you dream and not just on profound dreams, but like every dream is somehow like in this um, spider web or worldwide web of connected to everybody else's? That's a good way to look at it. That's a really good way to look at it because, you know, everybody's got their own. Imagine the way that a brain neuron looks. Okay. Um, you know, you've got bubbles essentially, and each person is represented by their own bubble, their own sphere. Right. And, and those spheres are all interconnected, but not every sphere necessarily contains a person. Some of those are represented by thoughts and emotions and other sorts of things. And if you are transported to one of those spheres and spend significant amount of time there, um, then, you know, that you can learn from it, or maybe there's something that you have to do battle against, or, you know, there's a purpose for you spending a significant amount of time in that specific area. But yeah, um, law of vibrational correspondence, you know, everybody is interconnected on that level. That's what people are talking about when they, when they talk about, you know, collective consciousness and, um, you know, oversoul and things like that. Everyone in the human race is interconnected because we all contain a spark of our most high creator. Everyone contains a piece of God, essentially. Yeah. yeah that that's what your soul is. Right. Yeah. That, that makes nothing but sense. So, <clears throat> I just oh, noticed God. that this this you. hotel has a Teen Titan Tower on it, is where the elevator shaft <laughs> is, which is kind of funny. That's no shit, really. I wish yeah. I could. How do I? So can you send maybe, me a screen capture or something, Chris? Maybe the shared. Uh, uh, maybe the shared mall is here in Kansas City. I can. T- I can. Maybe I can get on my phone and text you <laughs> pictures of my screen. I get. That would be awesome because I can actually <laughs> pull those down over okay. the app that I'm running right now and not lose you guys again. All right, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm still okay. So what's what has happened at this mall specifically, Spencer? That you're sending pictures. I mean, these are these are just lookalikes. But what was like? Oh, I found myself here in several dreams. Like, hey, but it's a real mall nearby. You is that what you said? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and like the stores yeah. within. Like uh, the time I went the most lucid. Um, I can't remember many details of it, but I had this dream when I was home on winter break after my freshman year, my first semester of freshman year at college. So it was like being back home for the first time after being gone for a whole semester. And um, at that time in my life, I I had a um, my own laptop. That was my first laptop that was mine, you know. And so I would usually play music yeah. like while I fell asleep. I'd just like have iTunes going. And um, in this dream, we were at the dorms and my parents were there. And then we like walked down the hall and it turned into this mall. Uh, specifically, and it was like holiday shopping because it was like winter break, Christmas time. So we were holiday shopping, which yeah. I always just thought was a drag and was like, so I was kind of like just exhausted, worn out, didn't really want to be there, but was just like following, you know, follow the parents wherever they're walking in this mall. That's me with all kinds of shopping. every every. And then I realized like I started to like look around and I was like, wait a fucking second. And I realized it was a dream. And, uh, just went like fully lucid. And then, uh, REM came on in the mall, like over the mall speakers, losing my religion, uh, playing. And it kind of like time slowed down. Everything got really slow. And I just started like, we were in the Hallmark store and I just like flipped a table Did you float? over. I just flipped a table over of all of this Christmas display and all this like little kitschy bullshit 
that was like um for sale in the Hallmark store, like this nice display. I just like flipped it over and then I just started running around like laughing my ass off, just knocking stuff over and these two guards were chasing me and like I'm just running away. <laughs> I'm like running away, laughing my ass off. Everything's just moving slower and slower, but I understand what's going on. They can like never do anything to me because it's my dream, right? And then I wake up like still with this dumbass smile on my face and the the song uh, Losing My Religion is playing on my laptop, which makes sense. I heard it in the dream because it was actually going. But the moment I woke up was that refrain at the end. That was just a dream. Just a dream. <laughs> and I was just like, awesome. holy fuck. I just like sit there with like the, sh- you know, the shiver like that goes from the top of your head all the way down your body that in those wild moments. Yeah. yeah. I just sat there just like, oh, yeah. that's like just soaking in it for a while. Yeah. That that seems to be like any time that I've, any time that I've come out of one of those dreams, it's always been like that too. It's like, it's, it's more, it's a softer transition to waking up than you normally would like a jolt awake. You know, it's like, it it is, you know, the way that it's depicted, it's like your, your astral body is setting back into your, into your physical body. So you have been there. It sounds like, in fact, like the end of it, when it, I was saying like time slowed down and everything. It's like I swung out to like view myself running from them. And like the last part of the dream scene was a slow-mo. It just looked like the end scene of a movie right before credits roll, like the exact same situation setup where like the camera is center this hallway that I'm running down, but like on the end I'm running towards. So I'm looking straight at my front myself, just laughing and running away from these guards who are like way behind me but like chasing and they're like keystone cop goofy style chasing me you know like never gonna fu- never gonna <laughs> fucking get me and like just the destruction behind me that batons. i brought so just i'm like viewing yeah. the whole scene and kind of zooming out from it and fading from it right before i wake up so yeah what you're saying about the gentle transitions exactly right like it's really interesting too because um recently um i've I learned a little bit formally about astral projection and, you know, I guess all of us have kind of experimented with it, but I learned a formal technique and the way that, um, the way that people get into and get out of body using this method is to actually visualize themselves from a third person perspective in the room, standing out of the body and then sitting back into the body. And I would imagine that doing that on command that same way produces the same effect if you become proficient at it. Yeah, that makes sense. Some Doctor Strange shit. <laughs> that would, that got, that, I don't know if you saw uh, that yet, but there, I, I'm going to spoil this part because it was so stupid. Like this, there was like the beginning and the end of that movie were fantastic, but there's like this part in the middle and a couple other things about the movie and spoilers here, but this is not too big of a, they're like in the hospital and while they're being operated on their astral ghosts are in a fist fight above the hospital, but they're both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. I know like a, I know a, enough about the astral plane to be semi confident that like you can't have fist fights in the physical plane, but on the astral plane, like MMA style, can you? You'd be surprised. It actually, you know, it depends on the way that, it depends on the way that your mind perceives the interaction. You know, a lot of, for example, people, um, perceive chi 
in martial arts as different things. Some people perceive it as goo. Some people perceive it as like a an Ooh, anime you style aura. Or you know, some cheese. No, chi, like key, like uh. I thought like, you said chi, but then prana, you said some you know? people see it as goo, um, and I'm like thinking about the nacho dip I had earlier. No, <laughs> yeah, okay. there you go. No, but you, you get what I'm saying. Cheese. So it really de- and, and you know also different traditions and different cultures in the in the world will have different um and very significantly different uh color representations for things like the chakra system or you know, um, representations of positives and negatives. You know, some countries use red and blue, red and green, black and white. Um, but the polarity is the same. So, yeah, it, depending on who you're talking to, you could experience actual, you know, physical altercation fist fights in the astral realm if that's the way that your mind perceives the interaction the best way. Or you could perceive a big mandala, or you could, you know, that transforms into an enemy, or you could perceive... Um, yeah. you could, you know, it depends on the way that chrysanthemum bloom, bloom. Th- yeah. But I guess like what I'm saying is like, you're not going to be fist fighting in the astral plane where sta- onlookers can see you astral fight. Your astral body's fist fighting over your dead bodies and people are looking going, Whoa. <laughs> well, not in such a cinematic <laughs> way. I wouldn't suppose. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to discount anything. <laughs> I, guess I, I would imagine that a bunch happen. of shit would, if that, if if it did happen to where two uh you know lack of better word two two magicians two warlocks are are diametrically opposed to each other as mortal enemies and they're in the hospital beds side by side and they were in astral combat together a bunch of shit be getting knocked over in the room that's for sure <laughs> but i don't know about actually seeing them manifest and throwing punches like goku and vegeta <laughs> Dude, no, if that could happen though, think about the ticket sales. You could get Muhammad Ali fighting back back. You could get him to fight like Rocky Balboa. Bro, that would be so Western sick. Guys, as long as you can That'd see be so sick. It. Yeah. It'd be like Mortal Kombat. No, Are you going to create yeah, Mortal Kombat? Immortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where were we? <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a side track. <laughs> we went astral, astral wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, it's all my it's, yeah. dude. I'm the king of like sabotaging things with a sidetrack. Look at that right now. You know, it's I've it's interesting some, though because I was gonna say I've had some weird mall dreams with escalators that don't seem to go anywhere, and so I never get on them. They yeah. look like they just go forever and ever. Oh, geez, have you ever gotten on? They one? do, don't they? No, I've never gotten on one. Oh, <laughs> I'm just God. like, oh, that um, that looks risky. <laughs> it's uh, 420 in FEMA Region 7. Yeah, uh, happy, happy 420. 420. Happy 420, brothers. Happy 420. I've learned yeah, my um, I, I don't have any. Ever, I don't have any significant. Again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any significant memories of the escalators themselves, but I am. I, I do. I, I resonate with what you're talking about, how they tend to look like they go on forever and there must be another way to get to the other levels um or i mean you could just i mean it is the astral so you could just appear on the other levels too depending on where you transition to you know fourth dimensional transitions aren't necessarily linear there are apparitions of things but it's the dream world so it's ultimately palpable manipulable you know yeah i remember one cra- one crazy one i had my first experience in this area was actually a nightmare and it was when I was probably 14 years old and it happened on the water between the forest area 
and, you know, the beach that leads up to the mall. And, um, I was on this boat and, uh, the, the, I don't remember what led up to it, but the boat had been attacked by werewolves and none of us were armed. I was like a cook or something in the dream and people kept getting killed by these werewolves and I was holed up in the main, uh, like the main, uh, external, it was like the, uh, like the cockpit. <laughs> it was a very small room. Me and like one other guy were holed up in there underneath the desk while everybody else was just getting eaten. And, uh, I had kind of a transition where it felt, it, it was really surreal because I was very convinced that this was happening. I had the same kind of transition awake, but it wasn't necessarily peaceful. But since then, you know, uh, after that, the, the next dream that I had at that area, I, I had the mall dream and then I kept having mall dreams and I didn't necessarily realize that the water area was correlated with those locations until I had a couple of more dreams later on and realized, yeah, there is a body of water between these two and yeah, you may have been there in the first place. You may have been there a lot earlier than you initially thought. <laughs> hmm. Now, um, if you get, is there any scenario where if you get killed in a dream, you die in real life? Cause that's what they always say in every movie. No, I got killed in a dream. Yeah, I don't know. I, I get killed in my dreams all the time. Really? Oh yeah, it depends. I die. die. I've had dreams where I I've die and go it. to heaven. <laughs> I had two of those. Usually when I die, I wake up. Or yeah, usually when I die, I wake up. But I mean, I've been like stabbed in the face. I've been uh, shot a lot of times. For shot, sure. eaten. Yeah, fucking eaten. <laughs> but then other t- like, <laughs> dude, gross, I this, Chris. I had this dream. Here's okay, dude. I had this dream. This was fucked. <laughs> this had this happened the other day. And it's because I've been watching some stupid... I don't know what I was fell asleep to watch. You never should fall asleep watching to something. And I did because I like passed out on the couch super tired after like working for 16 hours. And I just had something on. I don't know what it was. And I had this dream. This lady was had captured me. And I was in this building. And there was like a bunch of people. But this lady had captured me. And I was in this building like blindfolded. She takes my blindfold off. And she's like cutting off my toes. And it oh, hurts. Oh. Hurts. Like, <laughs> Holy shit. I'm tied up. And it fucking hurts, but it's like I hurt. I feel pain in dreams, and then I'm walking around like later in the dream, like I guess I forgot that happened, <laughs> and I look and the guy and this guy looks down and he goes, "It's somebody I know, but I won't mention who it is. Nobody here." And this dude looks down that I know, and he goes, "Dude, what happened to your toes? I thought they cut your toes off." And I'm like, "Oh yeah." And then I look down, and I look down, and my toes like are. You know how, like, if things wiggle back and forth, like your mush, like on mushrooms, your fingers go from like giant sausages to tiny little toothpicks back and forth. Yeah. Like my toes, <laughs> like I, my big toe, I had like five big toes and like a bunch of little toes, and they were switching back and forth between big toes and little toes. Oh Jesus! Like in size, and then I was like, either I am tripping dick or I'm dreaming. And then I thought about it for a second, and I was like, I'm dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, I, and then I like. It's like Deadpool's baby hand. Yeah. If I was thinking clearly, I would have gone and beat the shit out of that bitch that cut my toes off. That's the first thing I should have done in a lucid dream. Yeah. You can't let that slide. Especially if it hurts. <laughs> Dude, cutting your toes off? That's, yeah, it, uh, if there's, I mean, no, m- m- most things don't, like, domestic violence is never the answer, but when some random stranger kidnaps you and cut your toes off, I think it's like we can, we can agree that that's at least reasonable. Especially if you yeah. got your toes That's castle back. doctrine. That's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a reasonable threat on your life. You can, you can respond with deadly force and it's perfectly legal. <laughs> yeah. God. Man, it's interesting you all bring that up though. Um, 
look up the Chris uh, on your computer real quick. Can you see who um the book Magic and Occult Primer is written by? Because there's something in that book that relates to this exactly. Magic with a K or C K? A D I C K. Just a C. Magic. Yeah. Magic and Occult Primer. Okay. It's David something with a C. David Cunters. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Magic in Occult Primer by David Conway. I was close. Start, start with the Conway. Story. Yeah. So there's actually, <laughs> um, in that book, there's a chapter that details a technique where a magician can take on a student. Um, are you all familiar? I know, Chris, you're not, but are either of you familiar with oh. Naruto anime? Laurie oh, knows just Naruto. Just loosely. More than I do. And I've only seen. Okay, a so do you episodes. do you remember do you remember Orochimaru, the snake guy? The snake guy, yep. Okay, so for anybody listening to this, Orochimaru, you know he preys on um, other ninja and takes them on like Sasuke, and um, ta- you know he teaches them things and uses them as a prodigy. Um, on the low, his own motivation for doing that is to train them to a level where their body is in vibrational correspondence with his so he can actually possess their body and shed his old skin and remain immortal. And there is a technique in this book, Magic and Occult Primer, that details how to do that, essentially. And the master has to build a vibrational correspondence with the student, and then the astral project together, essentially, the magician cuts the cord, the silver cord connecting the student's body to, um, you know, to their astral body essentially, and then projects themselves into it whenever they're vacated from it, leaving the student kind of disconnected. And then the closest, uh, the closest receptacle for him to go back into would be the master's body. So it's kind of like a trading places situation. Freaky fucking Freaky Friday, Friday on demand. <laughs> You're yeah, old now. There's a magic <laughs> technique that, yeah. So damn. Okay. Um, so, but so, but that's also like almost like a vampirism. It sounds like if it can make the master live longer, does that mean all these gurus that do all this? It shit, is like out in the east, like they're just smart enough to be like, man, I can live forever if I don't if I trick a bunch of enough people into like being my mind control slaves. Like that's the that's the presentation I'm getting now. Never sign up for the full. Well, think of the amount of sex trafficking. <laughs> think of the amount of human trafficking and sex trafficking that goes on, and all the people that go missing at national parks and forests and on vacations. And you know, think of the amount of stuff that's been disclosed in the last two or three years, in the you know about and in the media and about and in the you know the general nature of the way that the it, current world is structured. It makes me think um, of that uh, wild wild country guy. The the people are retarded. Yeah. That guy, Oshi or whatever, <laughs> oh, yeah. with like yeah, the twelve yeah. Rolls Royces. Well, dude, he had to like. It's more than just feeding a bunch of people acid and they follow you. You're right. You have to like connect on their vibrational wavelength. Otherwise, if you weren't on the same wavelength, yeah. the acid wouldn't work to do that. Right. That's crazy. It goes back to some uh, people are soft targets for yeah, that. Yeah, this too, is uh, you know like people well, yeah. who are like. Oh, I'm an empath, <laughs> and they like lean way into it. Yeah. That's like, well, yeah, maybe, you, know, you know, and that ultimately goes not the back safest to thing to be is like an open sleeve empath. Like, I think everybody has the no, empathic potential, a... but what are we hearing right now? Be able to turn it off. What is uh, happening? He's putting his mic down his pants. I think. <laughs> yeah. 
doing the mic pants. Where are, are, we? are we? Are we in your pants? I don't know. It just sounded like a lot of movement. No, you're ne- right next to my face. Okay. No, uh, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're totally right about that. Um, <laughs> it threw me off a little bit. No, I wasn't doing the mic pants dance. Believe this it or not. <laughs> I was rubbing my dick all over the phone. Oh, good. Call the police. <laughs> Uh, you should make a clip out of that, and then you can play it about me dude. rubbing my dick on the phone. LOL. <laughs> dude, put it to like a a beat. Yeah. That is somebody's. Piece. Give it infinite reverb. <laughs> you don't know shit, cause you never been fucked in the ass. Let me see what it looked like. All right. Um. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Yeet. So so um, <laughs> I'm st- I'm still hung up on this idea of like. Master's bodies, like being able to possess his students, like uh, like some kind of poltergeist type. Sh- yeah, it's pretty freaky. I just recently learned about it myself. Um, <laughs> no wonder teachers it, it are so fucking legit. creepy. Yeah, it's and, uh, and it's a yeah, weird thing yeah, no because it, it on three different levels almost it works. Like like <laughs> you just said, like teachers. So even if you're not like directly doing some kind of spell or you know some kind of mind control or whatever, technically. Like you're still teaching these, like the next, you know, twenty. You have you have an influence on twenty five people that you're going to grow up or something. So that's its own level of right. Uh, even on a base level, that's just almost the same. Three running the numbers. Yeah, yeah, that's the and and the uh, yeah, that's that's the concept of the legacy, you know. And uh, it's said in a lot of the mystery schools that um, you know a, a man can remain immortal as long as his legacy lives on and as long as his name's spoken. Um, and as soon as, you know, as soon as the last person speaks your name or remembers you for the last time, that's your true day of death. Damn. So you're very so much right maybe that, that, dude, yeah, I guess, like, if it's, if that's the case, then, uh, people like Hitler are doing our However, life. you know, how, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. However, the, you know, <laughs> the implications, the implications of, of the, the body switch technique are much darker because the, you know, the student's soul remains in the third dimension, but at an unfair advantage because they've lost, you know, potentially, you know, most of their life. And, you know, you, you got to think if somebody is going through the effort to do something like that, they must have some pretty fucking serious issues. Fucking what's his name? Who, which is it? One of the Rothschilds or one of the, uh, one of those guys has had like nine or ten heart transplants. I can't remember which one it is, though. One of the Rockefellers, I believe, actually. It's Dick Cheney, uh, man. They got so tired of giving him new hearts, they were like, fuck it. Just yeah, wear Ch- this. Cheney, uh, he walked <laughs> yeah. around with that. No, no, He had no pulse because it was a steady flow. Steady oh, flow. Wow. Robot heart, steady flow. Yeah. Dude. The most accurate representation of this shit is from, Dude. like, it's from Metal Gear Solid 4, where uh, they've got... um. Who is it? What's his name? He's the colonel, uh, from the original team from like the sixties or seventies. And he's, he's getting wheelchaired through this graveyard by, um, by old snake on a, on a ventilator with like a, uh, one of those Stephen Hawking's speaking spell computers, just totally on life support in every way. <laughs> Man. Uh. Like Mr. House at a fallout in New Vegas. Oh shit. Yeah. You play that? That's the one that I haven't played. Oh, that's that's the one Fallout one. game I haven't played. I think it's the best one. That's what Fallout, I hear. Everybody Fallout 4, that. definitely best gameplay, but if you're going story, it's three, and then Vegas is the best. Yeah, I love Vegas. I love the, the characters. I have to play Vegas, Vegas sometime. 
the the bad guy faction is cool. That's the only one where it's like, oh, dude, you can totally play as like the Legionnaires. Like, that's still fun. Yeah, I don't like and most that, plays with bad like guys. There's like the dude with the Elvis. Like, you could join the uh, the Elvis mob. <laughs> yeah, fucking Freetown or whatever it was. Like, yeah, because uh, there's like it's Vegas. There's like a bunch of Elvis impersonators, and there's like this gang of like Elvis and Fonz type guys. <laughs> you can fucking join them and start dressing like them and be in their gang in Vegas and like take over the game. <laughs> so stupid. Fucking awesome. Make everybody look like Elvis. It sounds golden. The fucking... <laughs> Retarded. Oh man. Um, you ever have any Elvis dreams, anybody? No. I've only had one dream since we last so. talked. Only one? Dang. That I wrote down and remembered. Oh. I mean, I think I've had like maybe four or five, but. They've all just like slipped out or been like not really that big a cheese. Well, you, oh yeah, congratulations on the on the stone getting out of there. By the way. Oh, thank you. But yeah, I've just it's probably been lower than normal because the hospital drugs, right? Yeah, and just being like just fucking out of it in general and everything. Right. Um. Although when we talked, I had it when we talked, right? Because I was too like. So it's near the beginning ago? of it. Yeah, like, it was like right just it had just started pretty much. And I had, I had, I had to leave class and then didn't even do the second half of my uh, class that day. And then that dream that I had that I talked about that very night was during that when I like got off class, was all in fucked up pain and then ended up just going to sleep at like 1.30. All in all then it was, around it's five. Been what, like a three or four week process? I had it two weeks exactly. Okay. The stone. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it felt like it was so, way longer than that. Which dream was it that you had when you were fucked up in the hospital, recovering from that? Um, that was the one where it was like, um, a two-layered dream. Like, it started and ended in this weird recording studio that wasn't my studio. In fact, that's one of the... Okay. In that dream, I don't have this often, but in that dream in particular, I was in places I'd never been. Um... Including, god dang, I wish I had that piece of paper. The, one was I, like the, one, one like a toy. I sent it to you, right? A toy Hummer rental place? Yeah. I think I put it on there. Cause I think I threw it away being like, oh, I already put this on the computer. I have Oh, I bet you, you know what? It's probably on my phone. I took a picture I of it. I downloaded it. I think it's on the episode two. But yeah, no, so the, one of the places was the car rental place, right? Where it was a bunch That's of right. And Hummers, that, uh, toy, children's size Hummers for rent that you push like Fred Flintstone. Yeah, it looked like giant little tykes, uh, rental cars that were also kind of weirdly coppish cars too. But that place and the place outside of that little garage was like what you're talking about, the lower levels of this place that are, um, kind of office admin type places. Like I was just in right. this endless loop and I was walking with other crowds of workers through this place and it just kept repeating. Like you'd walk around there'd be an information desk and then kind of a circle around that of just a carpeted office space and then six hallways jutting off in six directions from that desk. And then you'd go down those hallways and they were lined with lockers and then you'd come up on the next information desk and just never fucking ended. You just were like kept walking and walking. And that's when I realized, oh, fuck, I need to actually like wake myself up. I need to wake up. And then when I woke up yeah. from that part, cause there was no exit, I just, and I was, it was in a, was in a fucking sea of people and there just was more and more and more people wandering through these halls as the time, as the dream progressed. And I was like, dude, I gotta fucking, the only way out is to open your eyes. And so I like, I felt my face, yeah. but I wasn't touching it. And so I was like, oh, yep, I can feel my face, but I'm not touching it. I'm definitely asleep somewhere else, you know? And then I just 
forced my eyes open and said, abs in a six pack and woke up, Fuck but yeah. it was a false, it was a false <laughs> awakening. I woke up into this weird uh, studio place. That's crazy. I just love that. Yeah. Like what it was like my, it was like, I, I used it as like a, I used <laughs> it as like a Leroy Jenkins types, like call, you know what I mean? Like a char, like it's part of what helped me wake up. First thing you saw when that happened. When I woke up, the first thing I saw was Lorian was like asleep on top of me. That's right. I was like sleeping on the floor of the studio and Lorian was asleep on top of me. But like right when she felt me move, she got up off of me and then I got up and I was like, oh shit, we got to do dreams. Like we're late with the the show. We got to like meet Chris. We got to start the show. And then like in that weird studio, we were like using some kind of computers and machines to replay all of the scenes of the dream that I had just had. So I was already like analyzing the dream. Oh, how cool would it in, be if that in the false awakening. So that's why I remembered, I think, so many levels of it because we were replaying scenes and going through it and kind of like picking it apart and analyzing what the fuck was going on in the false awakening, which I was still dreaming. Yeah, wow. and that's that goes right in line with the movie situation that's in one of the areas of the. Uh, yes. Of yeah. Actually, yeah, this this studio was like. Uh, did you move next? Did it you looked go, just like it was inside of a movie theater, up like in a projection booth, like, and it had the weird purple with green, weird sh- wacky shapes. Wacky shapes. Carpeting. I love carpeting. Yeah. We're getting slapped back now. We're getting yeah. slapped back. Now. I don't know what. Uh, my headphones died. Hang on. <laughs> I'm experiencing difficulties again. I'm going to grab my other set of headphones while these charge. But, um, yes, and a lot of people who experience that, um, area say that it's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like the way that people experience the first stage of heaven when they die and they get a review of their life. And that's like the purpose of the movie theater area is to get a review of experiences and things that you've had in the dream world or experiences that you need to have perspective on. Um, the tarot cards that I pulled on that area confirm that as well. Um, higher nature. I, I hang on. Where's my headset? So who, like, um, who's, who first mapped like the dream world in this kind of a context? There's gotta be older examples of something like a lot examples of something. A lot of people say that the um, that it's a like a sub area of the the Akashic records, but I'm not sure if that's true or not. It's it's definitely plausible though. This, I don't know. This makes this this whole thing makes me this whole thing makes me like harken back to. I always think like Harry and the Hendersons. You know, I'm not familiar. No, uh, he's like the original. Uh, um, he's like, Dream pet. I think he came to him in a dream. Isn't that how that show started or that movie started? I don't know it either, actually. Ken, I'm gonna have to get you done. There's probably some truth to it, though. I'm gonna have to mute you till you have your head. You have your headphones on. It's gonna be so a bitch to edit otherwise. Let's see. Oh, this looks ridiculous. I couldn't. I. I can't. I can't do the. I'll die. It's tough. It's tough to keep the sentence going when you're doing. All right, I'm back on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> not on this day. I'll continue to search for these though. Okay, so Lorian or Spencer, can we go back to this escalator idea for a second too? Okay. Sure. Who it was you, Lorian, that said you had the endless escalator thing? Yeah. You've never gone up or down it. No. I just uh it's like I'll walk in someplace else and 
if I need to get to another level, I'll just come out and be on the next level or something, you know, walk through a door and suddenly I'm a level up. <laughs> Jumping, I guess. Right, it's like teleportation. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah the escalators going back they look to that dark office. at the top. Do they look, what do they look like going down? Are there any, like, escalators to go down? I feel like I've only looked at them from the ground floor. So they're, like, only going up. Mm. Or, you know, there's the one coming down, the but I'm still at the bottom. Oh, weird. So there's no down escalators. Mm-mm. Mm. The only downward trajectory that I've ever detected in this area is either if you go to the bathroom or if you find yourself in the silo directly. Uh, refresh your page real quick there. Is that just me? There's was- no, yeah. yeah. I'm back. All right, say that again, man. Um, anyway, uh, the only downward trajectory that I've ever detected in this, in this area is if you go through the crazy bathrooms or if you go to the silo, the, the big silo directly. Um, I've never seen any stairs or any, uh, escalators or anything. There is an elevator that'll take you down that's in the silo. And it's like, uh, it's kind of like, um, like a retro futuristic, almost like, uh, Late 1800s Tesla technology type look to it. Like steampunk? Um, no, not steampunk. Uh, more, re- more refined. It's almost like, uh, like, you know, the way that sci-fi was depicted in the early 1900s it has like almost a Victorian look to it. Yeah. It's, it's everything's. I think of the, uh, that exactly like noir, like think of the, uh, the way that things are depicted in Final Fantasy or like hack sign. And it's like that. At least the way that I've experienced it. And some of the offices seem to be on a lower level too. Or is that like nobody wants to? I'm on like three escalators. I I would go if I, I mean, if I can develop the, uh, the, the lucidity to do that when I'm in the moment, then I'll definitely try it next time I'm there. That's what I was going to say. If I can think to myself, Oh, I'm dreaming, then yeah, totally. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'll try. I'll try. Have to you guys think of uh, the escalator go before I fall asleep? You know, yeah. think. Okay, we're gonna ride the escalator. Yeah, escalators, escalators, escalators. Find a binaural <laughs> beat. Find, find escalator binaural beat. As <laughs> <laughs> a binaural beat to transport to escalator realm. <laughs> Chill tunes for riding up an escalator. Ten hour YouTube. Yeah, right. Uh, Four thirty two hertz. Do you remember that is the, the like last Mr. Bean's holiday or whatever? Or Willem Dafoe's in it, and he's this director that's directing some like yogurt commercial, and then like they go to the Mr. Bean's at the premiere of his movie, and it's just Willem Dafoe riding up an escalator for ten minutes of credits. <laughs> great. Shit. Nice. Have you all have you all heard of the back rooms before? No. Mm-mm. Other than you or earlier mentioned them. Yeah. So it's an internet creepypasta style. Um, alternate reality ARG thing. And, um, (laughs) and, uh, it seems like, you know, from what I've seen of it, a lot of the lore that is built around that ARG is based on stuff that people have experienced in this dream realm, because a lot of the imagery is almost spot on. And a lot of the things that people experience in the areas that are depicted is spot on as as well, even if it has kind of a creepier spin on on things than it should because it's you know it's a horror ARG. But um it's worth looking into and the way that I came upon it was interesting. Somebody that um somebody that I was friends with at the time, um, you know, I started having these dreams and I asked him, you know, 
I asked him about it. I was like, have you ever, have you ever been to any of these places? And we confirmed that they had, in fact, been to the same places. And there were a lot of similarities and experiences like you and I have discussed. And since then, I, I, I just kind of rabbit hold it. And a couple of months later, after we had that discussion, I got a message that was like, have you ever heard of the backrooms before? I was like, no. And, um, you know, so I checked it out and the similarities between the experiences that we had discussed and the ones depicted there were, just, they were very striking. Um, the first, the first image that you'll find if you Google the backrooms is probably going to look exactly like what you experienced in the, uh, in the office complex area. Okay. Back. Um, am I going to get put on a list for Google imaging? No. It's pretty much a creepypasta. The back rooms. But it's based on like real experiences. And it didn't come about until a couple of years until, until a couple of years after I had started experiencing this and actually started having discussions with other people, you know, and then I was led to this based on those discussions. So it's, you know. It's a, uh, got its own wiki page and everything there. Put it in the chat. Yeah. Uh, and some of them are, oh, you know, 4chan too. That's that yeah. legit. If that's, uh, <laughs> that that's means it's more legit. legit. It came from Reddit. It came from 4chan. It's probably real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. I'm gonna have to look into this. There's the lobby slash tutorial level, level zero, the habitable zone, level one, and pipe dreams. Some of the levels are just crazy wacky, but some of them mirror the areas that are in the dream mall almost picture perfectly. The, there's a silo that is depicted in uh, one of the video games that they've made out of the back rooms that is an exact interpretation of the silo that I was talking about that's in the dream mall. Huh. So where who built this and when did it come from, or is it just a collective subconscious of our minds if there is something to this shared dream like your what i've what i've been able to put together of it is that um it is kind of both so like we were discussing earlier you know the astral realm is made up of a system of cords and bubbles essentially right and you know people who are adept at working with energy on that level can essentially create structures. And if they, if they put enough energy or have enough people or enough collective energy focusing on that structure at a time, then it can be maintained in the astral realm. If it keeps being visited over and over again, um, so both kind of, I mean, everyone has a creative aspect and a creative ability on an astral level, but people who really hone in on that skill and really work to attain things and create on that level, um, you know, they experience success with it, but most people are just not aware of it or able to work with it because they don't, they're not really, you know, they're not really aware of it. How else are you really supposed to, how are you supposed to learn about something like that without, without searching for the understanding, you know, on a deeper level? How can the blind lead the blind, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Man. Well, this and I'm not claiming to, to have any of the answers or anything. 
I mean, you know, like, like when I, it's a lot of this makes a lot of sense though, and I've heard it. You know, everyone's got their own way of describing it, but like the, it really would put if 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 there's that much connectiveness, it almost puts like a extra level of like seriousness, but also intrigue to your dreams, where you're like, because now you got a whole another world of possibilities. If that's the case, if that's true, yeah, it puts into perspective things like, um, you know, like covens and secret societies and groups of people who, you know, appear to be spooky and oftentimes are pretty spooky with their intentions and their actions, but it puts into perspective, you know, the implications of the work that they do on an energetic level and the effect that that kind of thing can have on the physical realm. Yeah. yeah people haven't been doing rituals and, for uh, thousands and thousands of years for no reason. Like, I would, right. I'd be, I find it hard to believe that, and, like, Mankind's like just doing so, and even if it started as no reason, like the psychic level and energy level behind that at this point, like gives it more power. Something else to note is the amount of congruence between, um, classical Grecian and Athenian architecture there is with modern malls and the fact that, you know, pretty much throughout time, all of history deities have been depicted in structures that resemble that kind of architecture uh universally you know through cultures so there might be more to it on that aspect than there is necessarily a shopping mall it's just that most people who experience it in today's society you know we go to shopping malls a lot more frequently than we do a fucking shambhala palace right <laughs> so right. so that's what we automatically correlate it with yeah that makes sense it does and I've, I've never really looked at it from that perspective either until i just put, that, put two and two together but you know i've listened to lectures on um you know i've listened to meditations and stuff that um that the old um Shit. What, what, what were their names? Uh, the people that worked with, not, yeah, not Crowley, but the people that worked with, yeah, the people that worked with, uh, with Crowley and, uh, I think it was them, yeah, the, J, the JPL guy, um, Madame Blavatsky, right? So her, um, her, her thing that she did, what was, what was her, uh, what was her religion that she created? Do you remember the name of it? Was she the one that, was she the one in London? Mm-hmm. Was she the one that was, Drinking kids' blood and bathing in it. Allegedly, I think maybe, but I'm not exactly sure. I might be confused. There were a couple of people that were accused doing that. Well, no. What was her religion or her cult? She created, like, um. Ultimately, the the point of what I'm trying to make out of it isn't necessarily aligned with her beliefs or her doctrine. I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm not endorsing Blavatskyism. That's what it is. Blavatskyism. Um. But, um, if you listen to the meditations that are available that they did, you know, like the ceremonial meditations and the astral travels that they did, the, the, uh, palaces of the deities that they communicated with also very much resemble, you know, Grecian architecture and shopping malls. So that's another, that's another piece of a puzzle because, you know, they may or may not have been the greatest of people, but they were onto something on an energetic level. Um, you really, you know, you, you can't not be to be willing to make such, uh, you know, serious commitments to doing that kind of work, to say the least, you know what I mean? 
the person you're talking about is not who I thought it was, just for the record. Okay. I didn't think so. I didn't I had think had to, so. I had to double check. Right. So I just wanted to clear her name on that one. Right. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, Helena Blavatsky did do a lot of, uh, did do a lot of, um, astral mapping. Um, she, she worked with, you know, she, she mentored and worked with, uh, Aleister Crowley a bit, who has, is a pretty, uh, he's a pretty, um, controversial person to say the least. Yeah. 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 That guy, uh, that guy was a little, that guy was a bridge too far for me for sure. Me too. <laughs> um, I can see like why Dun- he did the like things Duncan he did, but I don't necessarily agree. I don't know if like anybody else, you guys have heard anybody praise Crowley, but like Duncan Trussell used to always talk about like all the cool parts of Aleister Crowley on his show and when he was on Rogan. And then I like went and read some Crowley and I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. People love to dick ride Crowley cause it's like edgy and. And, and, and like, you know, Dark Lord or whatever, but, you know, and he was onto some stuff on an energetic level if you chew up the meat and spit out the bones of what he's saying, but he wasn't by any means a good person, and you should, he's no fucking role model at all. He was definitely a genius, <laughs> but yeah, like, he was, he was into some, uh, yeah, some of the stuff, I, unless it was like misattributed. I mean, I actually read like one of his, um, on the archive.org, like one or two of like chunks of a couple of his books. So even the stuff that I know for fact yeah. isn't misquotes of him is pretty crazy. He's morally bankrupt. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a given. <laughs> okay. But anyway. Um, man, any other dream thoughts before we wind down? Um, any other dream stories before we wind down? I have a note about I the one besides I had. The, toes. the only, the only note that I can. <clears throat> Wrote down on a dream since we last talked was I had this dream I was back in my hometown it was like night and I was going from the parking lot of the grocery store I used to work at I don't really know if I was just leaving there because I was shopping there if I was leaving there because I was getting off work could have been anything but I drove over I had this like shitty car and I had this like white trash problem not your girlfriend girl who was in the car you ever have a white trash problem <laughs> not your girlfriend girl it's uh, like, uh, <laughs> she'll always be there when you're off work. She's not your girlfriend. You've made that clear. But she always needs a fucking ride somewhere. Um, yeah, a resource drain, essentially. <laughs> in my life, I've had people in my life show up kind of like that yeah. for spans of three to seven days, you know? It never really is yeah. a sustainable <laughs> relationship. Um, yeah. Yep. And, um, Damn, I had a girl like that who was in the car, and I drove over to the gas station, and I was just in this fucking gas station getting getting more beer than I ever would normally buy, just like this enormous case of beer. And uh she's like, I don't know. I can already tell she's, like, brewing up trouble for the night. She's, like, on her phone with a bunch of different people. <laughs> she's, like, in a, like, tank top with, like, the lazy shorts on and, like, bare feet out the window. While she's just like talking too loud on this phone with the window down, you know. <laughs> so I'm in there buying beer. Are you sure this uh, was a dream? This was a dream. I don't know. This is crazy. Seems pretty like, real so far. <laughs> <laughs> For real. So I get a call on my phone <laughs> while I'm in there waiting to buy the beer. And it's actually a call back. An from, ghetto. A, from a job that I had been, I guess, applied to at some point in this dream. Like, I don't know, it all came back to me. But the guy calling me, he was calling me from, okay, so there's like these lawn and gar- garden stores around here called Earl May. You ever seen those? You have them out mm-hmm. your way? Well, Would it be kind of like a tractor supply? 
it's more of like a nursery place, like like a gardening kind of. I don't know. They sell mostly plants and shit like that. Or like uh, I'm trying to okay. think of other places that are like it. Oh fuck! I'm an idiot. I just searched Earl. Earl May. Anyway, this place was not. I'm thinking like a Earl Home May. Depot. This place was called okay. EarlMay.com is their website. So this place wasn't called Earl May. This place was called Tree. But it had that same Earl May logo with the red diamonds. Uh, only instead of May, there was four diamonds that said tree. And so I had pl- applied to this place called Tree, which is just like an outdoor center or whatever. <laughs> and like the guy is asking me, he's like setting me up, uh, for the on phone interview. And he's basically, he asked me, uh, something about, so, um, don't you agree the best part of this job is that it's just going to be like super easy. You don't have to do anything. Or something like that. You know, I can't really exactly <laughs> just like, tell you the question. But he, like, posed this tree. question to me. He posed this question to me of, like, you're basically going to have to do nothing. Isn't that great? You know? And it just felt so trappy. I'm like, okay, I don't know if that's just, like, a trick question or what. But, like, I assume that if I get a job at Tree, it's going to be really involved. I'm going to be, like, picking trees up and putting trees down and, like... Stocking trees and like teaching customers how to care for their trees and like <laughs> I I I got to learn about a lot of types of trees too I assume you know like I kind of see this job as being pretty involved so I was like just having this on uh, fucking phone interview in a gas station buying beer and then it kind of wound up from there like I woke up while I was still on that call <laughs> trying to get this fucking that's job really tree. interesting what you do. Have you ever done any, uh... What'd you do tonight? Have you... I turned down another job offer from Trees. A tree called me, but they told me it'd be too easy, so, uh, I'm looking for other work. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever done any, um... I'm sure you've done a lot of reflection on that, but... Are you, do you subscribe to the idea of having uh, past lives or having, like, congruent timelines with yourself or anything like that? Sure. I think so. Well, if you um, if you do I have inter- like a okay, uh, an idea of like the before I was born time and situation. Um, I'm sure there are okay. other past lives that I've like tabbed into or been or experienced, but they're so separate. Like just because of the definition of what your life is, I'm like I'm like aware that those weren't my lives, even though they may have been at a different time and place. In this right. context, right. Me, so if you think that's of- not my life. So it's like a past life. Yeah, I feel affinity, especially like to certain people or times, you know. But yeah, it so, only goes so far for me. Yeah. Right. So with that in mind, um, if you think about that dream that you had from a a, a, a symbolic, like a symbolic standpoint, right, for the things that it could represent to you potentially, I'm not saying it was about a former life in 3D or anything. But if you look into the writings and scriptures and teachings on, you know, reincarnation and life cycles and things like that, um, people tend to choose universally and most, you know, in most teachings, people tend to choose the life that they're incarnated into. Um, and you know, if you look into the idea of purgatory, um, as in being the area where you're kind of in a waiting area and you know, it it could be very well represented in your dreams as a ghetto. So you may have been, what I'm trying to say is you may have been remembering a period in your energetic existence where you were in a desperate place to get to somewhere that you didn't, 
get away from somewhere that you didn't want to be and you saw an offer and it may have seemed like a trap a little bit or like you weren't being told the truth about everything, but you took it and that was your journey here. Does that make sense? Sure. Cause that's totally the energy that I got off of it. Just off the, off the bat when you were telling that story. So let me, let me ask this thing. What kind of okay. dreams, like maybe give an example of one you've had where you know this dream has no cosmic significance whatsoever. Like, because there have to be some like goofy ass dreams that don't mean anything, right? Like just real weird shit. Yeah, I had one last night and all I remember yeah. is that there was like a world leader that was being presented to us. I don't know if it was from a different planet than ours or was supposed to be on earth but it was a lump of ground beef with blue hair like little blue hairs See? coming out of it. not like a wig yeah that's all i remember from the whole thing. like meatwad from aqua teen exactly hunger force like meatwad yep but real yeah <laughs> wow. meatwad now with real yeah. meat <laughs> would you vote for meatwad just for the hype uh, <laughs> i'm i'm through voting <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's was, useless enough to where I'd say fuck it. In, and it was actually the meatwad from the show. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd vote for meatwad. If it was a beef wad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. fuck it. If at this it was point. a pork wad. Uh, if it's like chicken yeah. and pork wad, no. It has to be a halal meatwad. It's got to be all 100%, 100% beef meatwad. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You, you can even have it be seventy three twenty seven. You know, I, I like the, you know that this, I think we should lean into doing experiments in in like dreams, and I'll try the same thing and coming and reporting back. Yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe that would be really interesting and really fun too. Like run dream experiments. Like what happens if you do this? What happens? You know, it's really interesting because I don't know what two of you look like, and two of you don't know what I like, what I look like either, and I don't know if either of you know what Chris looks like. <laughs> so. It would be really interesting to see if we can actually accurately depict each other as well. We know what Chris looks like. Uh, We've seen us with Chris. Okay. But, uh. I'm the mystery man. The beginning of that sentence sounded like (laughs) elbow bagging. So, and I know, well, half as, you have half as well as I should like, and I like. The other half of you half as well as you deserve. It's like trying to the follow Spider-Man the, meme. what you were trying to do, what you're trying to say. Like, yeah. But I think I followed it to the end and it made sense by the end of it. It was a roundabout. <laughs> now let's play a nice wholesome game of eels and escalators. Oh boy, my favorite. Come on, Gary needs a new pair of shoes. Ooh, eels. Too bad, SpongeBob, you got you got eels. Got eels. Oh, uh, man. Um, man, I think that's all the order orders of business I had. Anyone else have anything yeah. else? Other than uh, the escalator blue- experiment that I think I'm going to end up trying. Maybe a couple other experiments. Try to escalate. That's the dream uh, The dream prompt. Escalate. And if you see one of us in a dream, immediately 69, and then we'll know it's a dream. <laughs> have you seen this man? <laughs> 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 uh, a wanted poster of someone 69 it would be pretty funny if the cop <laughs> yeah. have you guys seen that that picture online of uh, it's the have you seen this man and it was the the guy who allegedly shows up in dreams and then foreboding things happen and he looks really weird he looks kind of like a every creepy school janitor mixed with kind of like a gray alien looking forehead 
with like yeah. thick eyebrows. Yeah, like, you know the one. Thick eyebrows, yeah. But no, yeah, I and like seen a mousy nose. <laughs> but you know the, the you picture. you know the picture I'm talking about. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have. Uh, I really am trying to think of like recurring dream characters I have, and there's really not that many. No, uh, most of my dreams uh, have like real people and places in them. Yeah. yeah, real people are in a lot of my dreams yeah. too. And I'd have to start. I think I'd have to start making notes if I was to ever pin down like a random person that I don't really know. I'd have to definitely keep a dream. Something interesting about like something interesting about dreams, though, is that you know, like we were discussing earlier, um, in the astral realm, each person has their own bubble, and you can travel to larger collective bubbles that have, you know, as we, this whole conversation's been about, the larger bubbles contain collective structures, and the smaller bubbles are more like personal structures. So, you know, um, if, if you have events occurring in a dream that takes place in your own personal sphere of influence, then other characters that are meant to be depicted or other energies that come into that sphere of influence will represent themselves in ways that your brain will understand. So they could come across as people that you know in real life because you know the human brain doesn't have the ability to necessarily fabricate a completely original face your brain will piece together elements of people to make sense of the energy that you're receiving and you know you can also have people that can travel back and forth between you know you can visit the dreams of others and vice versa um in various ways and um that's kind of the way that you do it. So if you do experience someone in a dream that you're close with or someone that you know, you have to do a lot of discernment with their, you know, with their energetic vibration. You have to be able to sense whether it's really them or not or if it's something that's representing themselves as them to try to teach you something or to make you aware of something that you need to be aware of. Huh. Man. That's a lot to think about because I've never once that makes makes complete sense. I've never once actually tried to do that discern if the person in the dream was right. A lot of the time, it it seem, it's it's a lot harder when you're not super familiar or or intimate with the person in the dream. But if you are super familiar with the person in the dream, um, the person in the dream that's visiting you, and it's really them, then you'll know it without a shadow of a doubt because you're so. You know, intimately familiar with their energetic signature from being around them or spending a lot of time with them or feeling strong emotions for them or whatever. It's kind of like when people experience, um, dead relatives in dreams. Um, you know, it, things can, things can come to you in dreams and represent themselves as dead relatives, but it's not necessarily them. But if it's really them, you, you, you know it because you have been with them. You have a very strong bond. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's true. I think a lot of dreams I've had, if it was something significant that I knew, like there was a, there's, you know, definitely, definitely a higher energy to it, to where I think you can kind of tell when it has significance. But sometimes, I don't know, the dreams, I feel like the significance would be, uh, I don't know. It's like every, a lot of my dreams are like Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure level of nonsense. It all <laughs> given it, any, there's never like a mundane dream where I'm doing mundane thing, mundane thing. There's always just something was going on and it's always. <laughs> yeah. On every level, it's your brain making sense of the things that doesn't have time to process while you're awake. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but it's like, sometimes it's just like dumb. It's almost always something realistic. Just realistic, but not plausible necessarily. Do what? 
I said realistic, but not plausible necessarily. No, like I was about to, like I've had, like, this is a dream I had recently. I'm working at this factory and I don't know if it's like, I don't remember getting this job, but I'm just, I never realized it was a dream, but I'm just working at this factory and working at this factory. And then I find out all this factory makes is corn dogs. <laughs> but, but, but then um, they don't send them anywhere. And so I'm walking around like, why aren't you guys sending these out? Why aren't you, like, why aren't you guys sending send corn dogs out? Like what we're we making doing? all these corn dogs, and I went to like high up management, and they were like, "We just make them. We're not supposed to send them anywhere." And I'm like, "More, more corn dogs in the." And this went on and on for the stream, and then I woke up, and I'm like, first of all, I went and had a corn dog the next day. This was the day before Easter. I went and had a corn dog on Easter, so I was working all day. Stop, got a corn dog. First corn dog I've had in years, but it was the day after I had that corn dog dream. Coincidence? No, I don't think so. Might have been the first corn dog in years, but at least in like. Eight to ten months minimum, and it was because of that dream. It was a significant corn dog. It was not even good. Then I remember why. Like, oh man! Now I know why nobody was buying these things. They were just filling up this fucking place with corn dogs, and they couldn't ship them. Oh, that <laughs> sucks. Yeah. You found you found the nuclear holocaust stockpile of you know the government issued corn dog factory. Yeah. Something was up at that place. It might have been a front company. I don't know. Was There's a too front many corn dogs in there. I had to quit. Cocaine. They keep offering Just me that corn dog the job. corn dogs, Chris. <laughs> what are we paying you for? Oh, man. Well, Spencer and Lorian, thank you for stopping in for Dreams 2.5. I think yeah. that's good. Yeah. I think it, it was the jackass 2.5 of its genre. <laughs> <laughs> It'll always be there in history, right between 2 and 3. And then, you know, eventually we'll make a Jackass 4. There you go. That's right. <clears throat> yeah, happy holidays, man. Thanks for, thanks for inviting us. Happy holidays. It was good timing. It's, uh, it's almost like it was meant to it be. It is. Thank you, Jiganshi. Is that how I say it? Yeah, thank right? you guys. It's been good. Yeah. yeah, it's been good talking. Good meeting you. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah, you too. Jiganshi's good people. He's a ancient, uh. This is good people. He's an ancient, a uh, monk I found living up on a mountain. He said he'd lived there for 500 years. And I was nice. Like, Man, you gotta do my podcast. Okay, Jiganshi <laughs> will oblige. And that's how we got here. Perfect. You always get the good gets, man. I don't know how you, you just have a knack for it. Well, yeah, there's, um, just about, it's about having the right agent, you know. I paid, he takes, he takes uh, 75%. I signed I the contract. Sometimes he hits me. His handler gave me $100,000 to be here. So. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes he hits, hits me. me, sometimes he just says, here, drink this. Sometimes he, yeah. he always hits me with a backhand too. Never, never the full fist, always just pimp slaps me. <laughs> does he make the, does he make an imprint of the ring? Does he like make sure that there's an imprint of the ring and if there's not, he does it again? Yeah, and then I stuck, <laughs> I stuck the imprint of the ring on my face into the fire and it didn't do anything for a minute, but then it glowed and Gandalf freaked out and Drove and drove off to a fucking library to find out what was going on. Yeah, it happened. Was they there. gave me a flashback to the time my little brother branded me with a half dollar. Ouch. Um. Yeah. Yeah. He held it over a candle. <laughs> Do you have a half dollar uh, mark like where he hit you? I did for about three years. It happened. I was. I was. I was like. 13 or 14 playing Grand Theft Auto wasn't paying any attention to what he was doing and he held this half dollar over a candle with a pair of pliers for a good minute and then he's just like hey check this out and he presses it to my arm and then I have JFK's face on my arm for like you know at least three years 
I've got a little half circle from the edge of it still. It's a candle shaped imprint that the half dollar. Ooh. Uh, all right, bowlers. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. Hey, right, it's been good talking. Everybody, have right. a happy Fourth. <laughs> everybody, you need the same. Yeah. You too. Uh, be, be safe and take it. Uh, take it one. Don't take it one. Take it one toke over the line, but don't take it five tokes. <laughs> Just it's a side. It's, I don't have. Oh the, God, I'm talking to myself. That's a side effect of the marijuana poisoning. It's also making you not be may not be able to read these buttons right. Buttons are hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, that dang old internet, man, you just go on there and point and click, get in there and talk about www.wcom, and you got... Yeah. I have so no hard. I, has it, when's the last time anybody even put www. in their browser? It's been ages for me, yeah. I don't fuck with do that anymore. anymore. Did we improve the technology and nobody told me? Or did we just all start doing it out of the blue? I don't know, it's a good yeah. question. <laughs> I think it auto-defaults pretty much. www. Like... And I'm like, is there a browser that doesn't accept the www? Or... The non www dots. Like for example, you don't have to go to. What's well, interesting because you don't have to go when to you go when you use like the bowl.com, You just go to bowl after bowl Yeah. Right. Which I'm gonna do when right you now. get on um Tor browser or like the the dark web and um you're, and you you're doing stuff www. on yeah, alternate once you're on Tor. Bowl after bowl. Well, no, that's uh, there are actually there are actually um other precursory letters that can come before websites um on other areas of the internet is what i was getting at the www dot thing is just it's a universal thing that's applicable to websites that are contained within the accessible hemisphere of the internet if that makes sense um kind of like a dot com or a dot org there's different ones wow see i've never gotten i one time <laughs> One time I, I tore up some brisket. Hey oh. <laughs> it tore up a six pack. Them abs. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh god, I'm talking to myself. That's a side effect of the marijuana poison. Hey, what the hell's wrong with this internet? It's slow. What the f is this? Dial up? Bowl after bowl.com live every Tuesday night every for your token Tuesday needs. And you said your next That's bowls right. with buds is coming. We uh I'm not sure when. Sometime this weekend. It'll be at a surprise time. Okay. Over the weekend. Okay. With Abel Kirby. We hang out. Oh, it's not even a surprise anymore. Well, we said it was Abel Kirby last night. We surprised oh, him. <laughs> but uh, lay off the weed. Well, I'll be listening to that and uh Thank you guys once again. I'm going to stop yeah. tape. Thank you. Hey, wait, no, I can't stop tape yet. Now, let's play a nice wholesome game of eels and escalators. Oh, boy, my favorite. Come on, Gary needs a new pair of shoes. Ooh, eels. Too bad, SpongeBob, you got to ride the eel. Darn. My turn. Hooray, escalators. <laughs> Come on, escalators, escalators, escalators. Ah, eels again. My turn. Escalators. Escalators, escalators, escalators. Eels. Escalators. Well, this is your last chance, SpongeBob. Or if you get eels again, you lose. Ooh, escalators, escalators, escalators! Ha! Escalators! 
Eels.